This is the Truth Network. I have a dream. That one day. Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. I have a dream. One day. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. My brother need not be idealized or enlarged in death beyond what he was in life. Be remembered simply as a good and decent man who saw wrong and tried to right it saw suffering and tried to heal it, saw war and tried to stop it. He saw wrong and tried to right it, saw suffering and tried to heal it, saw war and tried to stop it. I have a dream. Hey, on the Christian Car Guy Show, we're declaring it the National Day of Car Prayer, May 4th, 2019. We can do that. <laughs> the National Day of Car Prayer, as I'm sure if you're like me, you're totally stirred by what you just heard. And it's as I was putting that together, I realized my own misunderstanding that Teddy Kennedy's um, speech there about his brother was not about his brother John, but it was a, a you know, was about his brother Joe. I'm, I mean, what am I saying? <laughs> Bobby. He was talking about Bobby. But interestingly, as we think about those guys' prayers and their National Day of Prayer that they had back in the 60s, and you think about the way that God has answered so many of those prayers, we're going to go into that a bit today. But I think it's really a cool thing that we can think about what a wonderful liberty we have in this country to have a National Day of Prayer. And I got a chance, I hope you did, to be part of the National Day of Prayer. I was part of two of them. One of them was on Tuesday in Winston-Salem. It was absolutely amazing. I bet there were 2,000 people there. And one in Moxville, North Carolina on Thursday on the actual National Day of Prayer. But since I attended both of those, God has been pressing on me on three fronts to declare today, May 4th, 2019, the National Day of Car Prayer. Now, you may say, Robbie, what's up with that? <laughs> well, number one, and very surprisingly to me, the number one post at ChristianCarGuy.com, which, you know, God has blessed that website amazingly, and it, it, it really has become fruitful, 
But I would have thought possibly the number one post would be Christian Car Guy Theater. I mean, we have an episode of that coming on today, and I'm very excited about that. <clears throat> really, I'm even more amazed that the number one post isn't the Jesus Labor Love, because single moms, widows, families in crisis are going there you know, every week to check that out and to make applications, which we certainly had lots of them this week. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I am also surprised that the number one post is in our car show calendar, which is extremely popular, by the way, that shows car shows across the country, you know, where you can take play. I'm shocked. The number one post at ChristianCarGuy.com is something I wrote some years ago called car prayers. It's just simply car prayers. And in fact, over 1,400 people this year have already visited that page. I mean, car prayers at ChristianCarGuy.com is that popular. Why? What does that tell us about the hunger people have for Jesus and connecting their car with it? So the number two thing that Jesus and God stirred me with to make this the National Day of Car Prayer today was, oh my goodness, on the National Day of Prayer, on Thursday, the Jesus Labor Love went crazy. I mean, I had so many, I've never had applications like I had on Thursday. And it was like, God, I kept on saying, God, why is this, why today? I, I, and it started to hit me that he wanted, he was stirring my heart about this show, that he wanted to, this show to be the National Day of Car Prayer, along with Christian Car Guy Theater and the other things we're going to do. But the number three thing, that really stirred me all week, and it stirred me since last Saturday. You know, I was in Sweetwater in Douglasville, Georgia, and did that wonderful car show. Well, right after we did that, my daughter goes to Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama, and we went, since it was only a couple of hours away from the car show, we thought we'd go have dinner with her, and we got there a little bit early, and she took us down to the um, 16th Street Church in Birmingham, which really is another type of ground zero. We're going to talk about that a little later, but I could see how God had answered so many prayers in the 60s. In my lifetime, all these things have changed dramatically in this country compared to what we were in 1963. I mean, just think about what we thought about Russia in 1963. I don't know if you were alive in 1963 like I was, but I can tell you, we had a bomb shelter in the bottom of our house. I mean, we had this concrete stuff over the windows down there. <laughs> we had food stored down there. I mean, we were ready to, to go at any time. I mean, think about how God has answered prayers in our lifetime. So with that said, I'm going to pray in a minute. But I'm alone today, so I need your help. I mean, I wonder, what is your car prayer? I, I really want to update the car prayer page at ChristianCarGuy.com. I want to expand that because obviously people are going there. They're hungry for prayer. What, what are your prayers when it comes to cars? What do you think God has in mind with car prayers? Seriously, I, I know it seems like a strange subject, but it's a real subject. It's obviously one that a lot of people hunger for. So... Call us at 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH, and share your car prayer. So let me go on and pray. Jesus, thank you that we can talk to you today nationally, since this show is on about 71 stations nationally, about how cars and our vehicles can better serve your kingdom. Lord, we want to serve your kingdom with our cars. Jesus, we want to give we want your kingdom to come, and we want it desperately. So please give us the wisdom 
to use our transportation wisely, not being reckless, distracted, road-raging speeders, but ambassadors of the joy of our salvation. Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit to raise up the full canopy of prayer for those who are struggling to keep their cars on the road and care for their families. Help us to see others' needs, even on the side of the road, that with your wisdom, we would be the Good Samaritan that doesn't just pass by on the other side without so much as a prayer for that accident victim or that first responder headed their way. Father God, help us to use our resources, our gifts, our talents to point people to your son, Jesus Christ, who loves them beyond, way beyond their wildest imagination and hope. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. That was fun already. We have a caller. Chris is in Raleigh. He has a car prayer for us, I hope. Oh, well, he's still talking to the producer, so we can't get to that right yet, but we can get your call. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Of course, I'm going to go over a lot of these prayer requests we have for the Jesus Slayer Love, since it is the National Day of Car Prayer, and we happen to have that ministry. And clearly, we were blessed with a whole bunch of those this week. And of course, don't forget a third segment. Oh my goodness. Christian Car Guy Theater. Just an amazing episode. I know it's been a long time coming. So many people were on hold because of my de- my father's illness and I got really distracted with that. Well, not distracted. I mean, I was doing what I should have done, but we've got that coming up. And then in the last segment today, I'm going to talk a little bit about what God showed me in Birmingham. It blew my mind. And I am just so excited to share what all he's teaching me about that. We got Chris is in Raleigh. Chris, you're on the Christian. Oh, we lost Chris. So hopefully Chris can call back at 866-348-7884. We want to share your car prayer. Again, it's amazing to me that God would use this platform. But I I think about what God gave me in Barney Fife there that I used at the beginning of many, many shows where he talks about nip it in the bud. And there are so many things when I think about it that we got to nip in the bud. And one of those things, obviously, is not taking care of our cars, not taking care of each other. So when we come back, more car prayers. It looks like Chris has called back from Raleigh. We got all sorts of stuff. What a great show to be listening to today. And I hope you're with me. You're going to share your car prayer, 866-348-7884. Seven eight eight four. Declaring it the National Day of Car Prayer today on the Christian Car Guy Show today, May 4th, 2019. We're hoping you'll share your car prayers. We would love to hear your story, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Well, somebody was calling in right there at the end, and uh, they didn't want to share this on the air, but they did want it shared, so here you go. I... 
think it's a more than amazing story, but it's so true. And so it's so critical to why we got, we need our lives connected to God. This gentleman from what I understand was on his way to work and he really felt God impressed him that day, that very day to pray for safety at work. And it turns out he works in a bank. And that very day the bank was held up and a gunman had him right there with a gun at his head that day. Um, for more than an hour. I don't even want to think about what that's like to have a gun against my head for more than an hour uh, of all the prayers that were probably mentioned during that time too. But not only was he not injured, but nobody at the bank was injured. And of course um, the police came in and things were resolved. But the point is that, wow, I mean, wow, prayers, work they connect i think when you list the last segment of the show today that you're going to see how prayers connect but i would really love your story or your prayer or you're thinking robbie we need to pray about this or or since god's given us this platform to share prayers i mean share i'm by myself i need your call 866-348-788 for your story could encourage who knows somebody else out there struggling with the very same thing. Again, we have the Jesus labor love and on the national day of prayer, I was just overcome. I've never seen so many applications come in and the prayer requests are gigantic. So I thought I would pray. I I mean, share some of these prayer requests with you as we are engaging these families, but here's a, here's a few of them. This is from a single mom. I've had to apply for disability because of all my medical problems. Can't hold a job because of my medical issues. And I'm constantly getting called away for one of my kids who are at school. And all my issues range from ADHD to PTSD and autism. Wow. I've been told my transmission needs to be replaced. We don't live anywhere near a bus stop. And I have to be able to get my kids to school. There's a single mom, and I, I actually think I have a car that's been donated. I'm going to be able to meet that need that was very, very generous, but we'd still need to pray for her. She's got a whole lot going on with autism. Wow. Here's family in crisis. I'm homeless with a child, but I have a job that I don't want to lose. Transportation is a problem. I'm spending a lot of money to pay people to help me. It's another one that we've engaged, and the Lord is on his way, so we can be praying for her. Single mom. I need my vehicle to continue to get to work, and I'm starting school next month. And, oh, wow, does she have a list of things that's going on with her car? Again, a little overwhelming. Here's another single mom, need assistance with rent, have an eviction notice, and have car issues. So, wow. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I mean, just struggles. A single mom, I'm eight months pregnant, and I can't afford to get my car's air conditioner fixed. I, I have no idea what that was like. Interestingly, it looks like we're going to be able to get that one done too. Um, God's provided for that. Um, single mom, I don't have the money to fix my car. Single mom, car repair and maintenance has turned out this lady needed tires and she couldn't pass inspection, couldn't you know keep her car on the road. Those things are they're scary. Here's one. I just found out that my car repairs, these all came in, by the way, on the National Day of Prayer. Just God was getting my attention. <laughs> I just out, found out my car repairs are going to cost $1,200. I don't have that kind of money. I'm a single mom of two children. 
I work full time to support my family. Wow. Here's another one. Single mom, I'm struggling with finances currently and can't afford to pay my car to get it fixed. You can kind of see that God's getting my attention. There's a lot of folks out there that need our prayers. And car prayers are, are really, I never, I, I didn't see this one coming with this ministry that God would use this so mightily, but he has. And so why not share your prayer story or your prayer that God has on your mind? We would love to hear it. 866, the number to call in, 866 866- Three four eight seven eight eight four eight six six three four truth. Now we are also here on the Truth Network, partnering with Transworld Radio, and I've given opportunity to talk about that this morning. So, with Transworld Radio, Northern Nigeria is a spiritual battleground. For ten years or more, radical religious movements have raged the land with horrific acts of violence. But there's hope. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they now have the opportunity to take the good news further into Nigeria and strengthen the church there. They're launching a powerful new 200,000-watt transmitter, okay? <laughs> so like 50,000 watts on our flagship station. Nothing. This 200,000-watt broadcasting hope into all of Nigeria as well as parts of the neighboring countries of, I can't pronounce this, but it's Cameroon and Benin and Niger, Niger I suppose. They've already begun by faith with prayer, a goal of launching programming with a new transmitter by the end of 2019. The total cost is projected to be $1.3 million for installation. Upgraded power and antenna, the first year of operation to reach all of Nigeria and beyond, is February 28, 2019. The remaining need need for the project is $500,000, a half a million dollars. So if you would consider giving generously to the Oasis Transmitter Project today, your gift will provide a clear radio signal to bring more evangelism programs to the lost, more discipleship programs to strengthen the church, and more effective ministry than we've ever been able to bring to the region of Africa before. And that's from Transworld Radio. Now, you may say, Robbie, how do we do that? Well, on ChristianCarGuy.com, I posted the second post today. If you look, it'll first be... You know, the National Day of Car Prayer, which, by the way, I've got pictures of Birmingham. There's some cool stuff there. I've got those Jesus Labor Love prayer needs that you can pray with us about. But also the second post is that TWR where you can go and you can donate to this transmitter. But now, oh, my goodness, you get to hear the next episode of Christian Car Guide Theater. And it's a whopper. It's episode 43, River Rock Retaliation, part four. Stay tuned. for Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, River Rock Retaliation, Part 4. Previously on River Rock Retaliation, Part 3, it was like all hell had broken loose when Satan's malevolent demons Nagadana, Zemia, Shaddam, and Nakashi are stirring up trouble with a capital T. The Bible says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and these demonic forces are trying to do all that. The enemy didn't like the fact that Noir, who was once a vile and thoroughly evil con man, literally escaped from hell and found Jesus Christ as his savior. And Noir remembered that his old auntie had given him the name Lazarus. And then, amazingly, Lazarus led Bad Brad to the Lord Jesus. 
Oh no, the enemy didn't like that at all. And the demonic horde were out to destroy some of the lives of God's finest pilgrims in River Rock. Under the Hood team and Jimmy's faithful Jeep are overhearing the demonic forces in the heavenlies. And they are fervently praying with all their autopart hearts for God's help. The ghoulish demons are arranging for Agent Kent to believe a lie and destroy Mayor Elvira Merriweather's reputation, not to mention exposing Pastor Jack's son, who is a heroin addict. It's the middle of the night, and the demons are making sure that people like Brad and his daughter Christy do not stay awake and pray. As the Under the Hood team pray, suddenly, what to their wondering parts should appear but God's angels of light in their heavenly gear. The war is on. Nagadana and her malicious forces are beaten back. Although they did their worst, put Christy and Brad to sleep. No. No, I am going to get up and pray, no matter what. I don't know why Pastor Jack especially is on my heart, and even Mayor Merriweather. But I know I'm supposed to pray. Lord, it's 3am and I'm so tired, but I ask you to help me know how to pray in spirit and in truth. What a mystery, Lord, that somehow I partner with the Holy Spirit to bring your will to pass. But you have told us to pray, and pray I will. Oh Lord, please help Pastor Jack and Mayor Merriweather in their challenges and the attacks by the enemy. Meanwhile, Nagadonna and her gang of demons are dodging the mysterious bombardment of heavenly missiles from God's good and gold angelic host. Who do they think they are? These simple-minded, slow-witted, doltish friends of God. They think they're so superior. Well, Nagadana, oh, 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 that one, oh, that one's dumb. Oh, they certainly act like they're superior, don't they? I mean, I'm not saying they are, but don't tell the leader that I said that. Thank you. But some of them do seem to throw a pretty mean curveball. Oh, oh, ow! Saddam, you fool! Zemia, where are you going? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going anywhere. No, indeed. I'm right with you. Yes, sir. Nothing could tear me away. Ouch! I was just repositioning myself to get a better aim. Actually, there do seem to be quite a few of these miserable curs. <laughs> Perhaps I should head back to hell to get some more ammo. Want to come along, Nagashi? I'll go with you, Xenia. Our leader insists that we be well equipped with weaponry, and we certainly wouldn't want to let the loathsome leader down, would we? Ow! Ow! Wait up, Xenia! <laughs> right behind you! Ow! Ow! I mess you have all got me into. Oh. Oh, I'm only going back in order to report you to the Supreme Leader. Oh. Under the Hood Gang is thrilled as they see God's angels drive back the enemy. Racy Gas Tank practically explodes with joy. Well, team, my tank 
just about overfloweth with the wonder of all this. We are so doggone blessed to see our prayers answered and to be able to actually witness this battle. The battle is the Lord's in that right, Mosey Motorola. Oh, yeah. Right as rain, Gracie Gastang. Mm-hmm. And we know our God reigns. You see what I did there? Yeah. It's a little play on words with about rain. You see what I'm saying? So it, it gives us the fresh oil that we pray for. And I, Mosey Moto, for one, feel a whole new infusion of that fresh oil. So you see what I'm saying? It's kind of an oil play on words motif. What about you, Tammy Tensioner? Oh, yeah, Mosey. I mean, as long as I'm tight with God, I don't have any tension at all. His joy is my strength. Isn't that right, Anita Intake? Fernando Fuel Injector, my husband, have you ever seen such heavenly manifold firepower? Hijo de la mañana! <laughs> my little Conchita Anita Intake! Those demons are learning the hard way to go to the cannonball. You have to be the right caliber. If I may inject, it has me all fired up. <laughs> Although the enemy has been driven back, at least for now, some of the damage those demons have done remains. A few days later, Agent Kent continues to be annoyed with Mayor Elvira Merriweather because Agent Kent has believed the lie that she reminds him of his domineering sister and he's out to get her for the accidental death of her husband. Elvira's having lunch with her old pal, Nettie, at Pop's malt shop. They're sitting in the corner, and Elvira is quite upset. But Elvira, honey, why are you so upset? Now, what is this big mystery that you haven't told me? It can't be that bad. Shh, Nettie, please keep your voice down. All right, all right, now just tell me. You know I am your friend, and you can tell me anything. You know that before I moved here, my husband passed away? Yeah, I remember. Nettie, what you don't know is that I accidentally poisoned my husband. I, I put what I thought was his apple juice in the refrigerator. Unfortunately, I forgot I put tiki torch oil in an old apple juice container. You see, we were getting ready for a party, and I was looking for the tiki oil, and my husband Melvin was thirsty and opened the fridge, and oh, Lord! He drank the oil? Oh, my. Oh, my. He died right there, just as people were arriving for the party. I, I was exonerated, but I just didn't want anyone at Rock River to know when I moved here. I wanted a whole new life. And then I received this in the mail from Agent Kent. He wants to exhume my husband's body. Oh, Elvira. Meanwhile, Jimmy was walking into Pop's malt shop and bumped into Pastor Jack's son, John. Hey. Hey, Jimmy, old buddy. I was hoping I would run into you. Hey, John. Yeah, it's been a long time. Can I join you? Sure. Man, Jimmy, I sure could use your help. Would you be able to help me out with a couple hundred bucks? 
I just got into town and I need to find some work. Tune in next month for another exciting episode of Christian Car Guy Theater's River Rock Retaliation. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. Uh-huh, Randy. I think Agent Kent's idea of Elvira killing her husband with a tiki drink is clutching at straws. <laughs> that's, that's the saddest tiki story I have ever heard, Daddy. <laughs> Elvira sure carries a torch for him. <laughs> oh, Daddy, that's awful. I, I'm so ashamed of myself. I have never sunk that low before. <laughs> it's a good thing he didn't meet his match that night. <laughs> the, the spark would have lighted up his life for sure. Oh, boy. <laughs> Randy, it's my job to do the tasteless jokes around here. You're supposed to tell us how those car parts saved the day and God was the one that was lighting things up. I know, I know you're right, Daddy. <laughs> it's my job to enlighten, and as things get even darker, we need to see the bright side. And remember, in Psalm 63, 6, it says, On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. <laughs> they, they, they beat back those evil forces with the prayers in the middle of the night, Danny. <laughs> you know, Danny, I once did a play about puns. It really was just a play on words. <laughs> oh, boy. See what I did there, Danny? <laughs> Say goodbye, Danny. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. As we celebrate the National Day of Car Prayer today on the Christian Car Guy Show, we're praying that you see through our imaginations in the Christian Car Guy Theater the effect of prayer as we go further today in our last segment of the Christian Car Guy Show today on the National Day of Car Prayer. Stay tuned. I was eight years old when Martin Luther King Jr. made that speech on the Capitol steps in August of 1963, and so I wasn't really all that aware of some of the things that were taking place that year, and the timeline to me, now that I understand it a little bit better, not like some, of course, 
is amazing how God worked that year. I mean, that August 28, 1963 was merely days before the 16th Street bombing. I mean, that bombing happened, I believe, in September 4th. And so within about six days, those four young black girls were killed. And as this thing was coming to a head right there, but what you didn't realize or what I didn't realize is what that Martin Luther King had been imprisoned in a Birmingham jail earlier that year in April of that year. But the beginning of that year, seven white clergymen who are listed on Martin Luther's letter to the church that he wrote from the Birmingham jail, they stood up for civil rights and they, they got a lot of national acclaim and they were thought to be heroes on the national right movement. But then on I mean, on April 16th, when Martin Luther King decided to march on Birmingham, then (laughs) they turned on him and they wrote a letter about how ill-timed it was that he wrote that. But before I get to why they said that was ill-timed, let me explain to you something. I had no idea until, you know, my daughter said, let's go see this 16th Street Church. Let's go see the National Civil Rights Museum. And so we drive down there and it's right there in downtown Birmingham on 16th street and we go to put a coin in the, in the slot on the, you know, parking meter and a young black guy comes up very nice and says, Oh, don't do that. They don't need money on Saturdays. Do you want to know something about what this is right here? And we said, sure. And so he began to share with me, apparently his relatives were very, very involved in the whole thing. And the, and, and I mean, he was the most amazing tour guide you could ever find as he goes on to give my wife and my mother-in-law and myself this story that I had no idea was unfolding. And I began to see that this place here in Birmingham is a ground zero all its own, that I did not know that the black people were only allowed to be on 15th Street, 16th Street, and 17th Street. There were only three streets they were allowed to be on in Birmingham. And if they weren't there, if they wanted to go to another part of Birmingham, they had to have papers in order to get there. I didn't know that Birmingham, this is before the bombing in September, was called Bombingham because so many black people had been killed by bombs in both churches and in their homes, but they didn't get any recognition because Martin Luther King hadn't marched there yet. But it was called Bombingham. I mean, I didn't have any idea that blacks, there were laws in Alabama so that they couldn't even register to vote to get the people out of office like Bull Connor, who apparently was the one of the heads of the Ku Klux Klan and over the chief of the police of Birmingham at the time. And so as Martin Luther King walked, they were just going to walk up their three streets, 16th, 15th, 16th and 17th Street right there in this like ground zero area. And by the way, if you go to christiancarguy.com, I got pictures of the park that's there, the museum and all that stuff. But as he walks up the street, he's met by Bull Connor and water cannons and they turn the dogs loose on him because they didn't have a permit, which is a long story why they didn't have a permit. But nonetheless, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. So he went into this Birmingham jail, which, by the way, not long before he was in that Birmingham jail, they hung a black man upside down in that jail. And with his blood, he wrote on the roof above his cell, segregation is a sin. So while Martin Luther was in there, he wrote a very, very famous document I was not aware of called Letters from the Birmingham Jail. And I have a link to that 23-page document at christiancarguy.com, and I cannot tell you how much I think everybody in the church ought to read this document because it was Martin Luther not calling 
on an end of the Ku Klux Klan, but calling on the church itself to see what was going on. And the church itself, what he kept on talking to these seven clergymen. Let's see, he wrote it to these clergymen. And the idea was calling them out in love to not just sit still and, and have a preference over order from justice. And, and it's just a beautiful, amazing letter. And I'm going to read you a passage here from in a second. But I do want to note that one of those seven that's listed on this letter that was so chastised in this letter was the only white man that was standing on the platform at Martin Luther King's um, funeral. His name was Joseph Durek. And so clearly some of what that letter had some effect right then, but the events of 1963, God brought all this to all sorts of people's attention so that something could be done about it. Now I know we got a long way to go, but oh my goodness, you can't help but see that we're not in the place that we were in 1963. But I want to read this quickly. I wish, this is from Martin Luther King, the last few paragraphs of his letter. I wish you had commended the Negro demonstrators of Birmingham for their sublime courage and their willingness to suffer and their amazing discipline in the midst of the most inhumane provocation. One day the South will recognize its real heroes. And Think about the prophecy of what he just said. Someday the South will recognize its real heroes. They will be the James Merediths, courageously, with majestic sense of purpose, facing jeering and hostile mobs and the agonizing loneliness that characterizes the life of a pioneer. They will be the old, oppressed, battered Negro women, symbolized in a 72-year-old woman of Montgomery, Alabama, who rose up with a sense of dignity and with her people decided not to ride the segregated buses and responded with <laughs> when one inquired about her tiredness with an ungrammatical profundity my feet is tired but my soul is rested they will be the young high school and college student young ministers of the gospel and hosts of their elders courageously and nonviolently sitting at church lunch counters which happen to be in greensboro here <laughs> and willingly go to jail for conscience sake one day the south will know that these disinherited children of God sat down at lunch counters, that they were in reality standing up for the best in the American dream and the most sacred values of our Judeo-Christian heritage. Now listen to this closing. It blows me away. Never, um, it said, if I have said anything in this letter that is an understatement of the truth and is indicative of an unreasonable impatience, I beg you to forgive me. If I've said anything in this letter that is an understatement of the truth and indicative of having a patience that makes me patient with anything less than brotherhood, I beg God to forgive me. Yours for the cause and the peace of the brotherhood, Martin Luther King Jr. I don't know about you, but man, that's 23 pages, believe me, worth reading on this national day of car prayer. Because, oh my goodness, think how God has answered so many of those prayers. But there's a lot of prayers along these lines of segregation that certainly still need to be answered so stay at it if you got some car prayer please email it to me i'd love to add it to my list i thank you so much i thank you so much all the people at christian car guy theater who worked so hard to get me this stuff during my father's illness and passing and their patience with me and getting it done so thank you all for listening we had so much fun today on the christian car guy show again all this stuff on birmingham is right there at christiancarguy.com <laughs>